0: Hey folks, you're very welcome back to Pontification this week, where I'm joined as always by my partner
1: in crime, Chase Nova, and I'm of course joined by my awful hindrance, Michael Jackson.
0: <laughs> Attorney at law.
1: Very good fake name this week.
0: <laughs> Thank you. It's not fake though, it is my name. Okay, cool. I don't know if you noticed, know but I do legally change my name every seven days because I will not be seen to be lying on a podcast.
1: True, and you'll go out of fashion. Exactly. Yeah, I got it.
0: So how was your week?
1: Um, it was fine. I was studying. I spent a lot of time um, playing with myself because of what this topic is about. I needed to get back into that spirit. And I found in playing with myself, I rediscovered my, my sort of inner child and teenager, I suppose, in many ways. How was your week?
0: I've, I've been playing with someone else because we Ooh. we got a dog this week. Who A popper. Yeah. Well, she's three years old, but I feel like they're always puppers, aren't they?
1: Yeah, they never really I think they hit five and that's as mature as they get.
0: Yeah, I think so. So we've quadrupled the amount of playtime that was happening in our house, which is wild considering we already had a kid.
1: Yes. How is kid with dog?
0: Really, really good. Really like yeah. outstanding, superb, fantastic. So that's, oh, that's good. good. I, yeah.
1: Well, that's glad to hear it. Um yeah, I often hear stories about kids and dogs and they move to the house and it gets territorial between the dog and the kid.
0: Yeah, it can be. Um, the one, yeah. something that actually troubles me a lot is a lot of my friends have both a dog and a kid. And I mm-hmm. see a lot of like, oh, it's so cute. They're playing, take a phone. It's like that dog is visibly fucking uncomfortable. <laughs> oh, and no. your kid's going to get bitten Yeah, because you didn't teach anybody animal body language.
1: It's so stupid. I'll never understand it. Um, but congrats on the dog. Thank you. Um, could could I please have permission um, from you, Mr. Mrs. MX, Michael Jackson? MJ. Uh, obviously, MJ. it's
0: pronounced Midge. Like the Midgees. Yeah.
1: Midge, Michael Jackson. Could I please have a word from our sponsors? Would that be okay? I prefer
0: if you didn't.
1: If We're not getting paid if we don't.
0: Ooh,
1: hmm. you'll never have enough money okay, for the second okay. dog. Okay, okay.
0: Talkyada got proceed. Okay,
1: okay. This week pontification is brought to you by your second brain. Your first brain is very complicated and often presents with anxiety. Your second brain is a small computer you can keep in your pocket. that only presents anxiety when a friend achieves something you desire on social media. Your second brain, because your first brain doesn't have Tinder. <laughs> pontification is also brought to you by the good towels. The limits of your grandmother's notoriety were reached when she had her name in the local paper for completing the word search in 1947, and it is this achievement that leads her to believe the Pope or Queen will be stopping by unexpectedly any day now. The good tells just don't. <laughs> Pontifications is also brought to you. You're going to like this one, Emma. Mm-hmm. Ponsification is also brought to you by socialism, free healthcare and welfare. That's a socialism. Wearing a mask to stop the spread. A socialism. Someone being gay that you didn't know was gay. A socialism. Your friends giving you shit for saying racist shit on Facebook. That's also a socialism. (laughs) Socialism. It's already here. So why run from it, Greg?
0: (laughs) Wait, am I amused or offended?
1: I don't know. It's up to you. I'll
0: figure it out. Roll through and I may (laughs) or may not
1: yell at you. We have one last one and I'm very surprised about this sponsor, but Pontification is brought to you by the woman I met at my GP's office last week. I don't know what you were being checked for, but your Doctor Who face mask was gorgeous. Your eyes were bright and piercing, and I just think that you were far too good for me, and that's why I didn't ask you out. Thanks so much for sponsoring, and I will definitely not interpret your sponsorship as an attempt to resume our conversation. You are just too cool to make that move.
0: Oof. Ooh. That one spoke to me on, like, a spiritual level, and reminded me of an encounter that I will discuss on a future podcast.
1: Just quickly, you think I should call her? Yes. Okay. Wait. I'm going to do it, listeners.
0: How do you have her number?
1: Oh, she, she paid to sponsor the podcast. She put this ad there. Personally, I didn't think the Doctor Who face mask was that nice, but she said she wanted me to say it.
0: <laughs> I mean, she's paying you to talk her up. Yeah. I feel like don't call her.
1: You think let her, let her come to me?
0: Yeah. Technically, she already has.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Very true. Emma, go. what are we talking about this week? What's, oh. What was my homework that I didn't do? You never do, do you? No.
0: This week, we're talking about everyone's absolute favorite thing, toys. Toys! Yay! Um, And so, as per usual, I diligently sat down to do my homework about an hour ago and (laughs) became immediately distracted by one particular toy. Before I tell Mm -hmm. you what it's called, I'm going to try my best to describe what it is. Okay. So in 1998 in China, a toy came on the market, which was a little tank, you know, like a little army tank. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And yeah, it's got like shark teeth drawn on the front. So it's it's already kind of a shark tank. Oh, it's a not, shark tank. But not a shark tank, like a shark oh, tank.
1: A shark tank. Okay. So
0: far, it sounds like a great toy, right?
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: And right on top of this shark tank, but not a shark tank, there is the head of Tinky Winky from the Teletubbies. (laughs) (laughs) Not not in such a way as it looks like he's driving the tank or riding the tank or anything, just that it looks like the tank has a Teletubby head.
1: Or is the Teletubby's body a a tank shark or a shark tank?
0: I mean, you're trying to imply here that the two are mutually exclusive and I don't think they Hmm. are. Are you was ready? Was this
1: licensed? Hang on, hang on. Was this licensed Teletubby like memorabilia?
0: I don't think so. Okay, not married to that answer, but I believe that it was not. Are you ready to hear what this charming toy was called? Go ahead. Its name is Tanky Wanky. <laughs> 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 Oh, that's
1: good. Oh, that's good.
0: Every time I look uh, down at my notes, I just see tanky wanky and I have to stifle a laugh. It's never going to I gonna wonder
1: whether that was like a prank. Was it just like someone in the toy factory wanted to like, you know, alert people to some trouble in the toy factory and sent this out as a warning?
0: So as someone who holds up as a hobby, just reading the poorly translated descriptions of things on Chinese shopping websites, I'm going to guess no. Okay. I think this was entirely earnest. Um, now, I want to let you know that I did discover online a toy collector who owns a tanky wanky and described uh, it in, I think, just the most beautiful way. Mm-hmm. They called it a physical representation of cognitive dissonance. <laughs> that's,
1: wow, that's, that's deep. That's really deep. I know. Deep.
0: <laughs> Imagine getting philosophical about... Tanky wanky.
1: Also, imagine picking one up and questioning your identity. Like, what reality do I live in? <laughs> it's good. You, did you find any other toys?
0: I did. Uh-huh. One of one of my all-time favourite toys, which I've mm-hmm. never owned and had never heard of before today, but it's still one of my all-time favourite toys, was taken off the market amid massive controversy shortly after its release in Spain in 2011, it was called Breast Milk Baby. Oh, God. Oh, God. Oh, oh, oh no. God. So you you might be did aware... Did baby
1: breastfeed or did someone breastfeed baby? That's what I need to know Okay, slightly better, arguably.
0: I mean, here's the thing. I feel like the jury is still out on this one. Okay, so really briefly... You might be aware that like some baby dolls come with a little bottle and you can feed them and, you know, yeah, yeah. yeah. like bottles for plastic babies is a pretty common thing. As far as I could find, this is the yeah. only example where the baby doll comes with a little, a little vest top, kind of a training bra situation. The training bra has little pink flowers Brothers. where the nipples would be. And you, yeah, you you pick baby up to your chest and, you know, you mimic breastfeeding and baby breastfeeds.
1: This is some sick shit. Like, you should not be teaching little girls to do that. It's like, it's like the...
0: Or maybe you should. You think so? Okay, here's, here's where it becomes difficult. Like, if they're going to feed a plastic baby doll, which apparently they are... Like, bear in mind, little kids, we have Mm -hmm. evidence that kids have been feeding toy dolls, some sort of facsimile infant for the past 4,000 years. Yeah. We can logically assume it's been going on even longer, but that's how long we've had evidence of it. If they're going Mm. to keep on feeding little plastic babies, toy babies, wooden babies, whatever, anyway, why not promote breastfeeding? Why do all dolls have to be bottle fed?
1: I mean, I don't think you should be feeding the babies at all. Like, I think the baby dolly should be an accessory. It shouldn't be, like, sort of training you to be a, a parent at that age. And it shouldn't go too into detail with it, because then it's no longer a toy, it's, like, a lesson. And I'm against educational toys. <coughs> I'm sorry, you're against educational toys? Yeah, you're you're a kid, you must be enjoying yourself. Let you learn shit when you get to school. You know, forget it until then. You should be allowed to have fun.
0: Okay, but surely, like... So children do learn through play. Yeah. Like the most effective way to teach children new concepts is to introduce like a game or a toy that they can learn that concept through.
1: Is that why my mum used to play fetch and she'd throw the tennis ball into the oven? Wow. I, I want to laugh, but it's dark. It made me learn that the oven was hot like way quicker than the (laughs) other kids. The other kids were all being thick. And I was like, oh no, I learned my lesson when I was a child.
0: Oh no. (laughs) Okay, you've lost me. Um, So there was also a Punisher doll. It was called Shape Shifting Punisher.
1: Okay, okay. I was worried it was Punisher, and I was like, oh, shit. But no, Punisher, the Punisher, okay.
0: Yeah, no, like, the the Punisher, the skull guy. Yeah, Yeah, the guy. Yeah, yeah, so Shapeshift and Punisher came with, like, a bunch of different accessories, and it was a modular thing, and it was all exciting. None of that is important. What's important is that he had a sort of projectile launcher mounted exactly where your projectile launcher is. Oh,
1: oh. Oh. He had a Willy Cannon.
0: He had a Willy Cannon. He did, yeah. Oh. The Willy Cannon was like the full width of his hips.
1: <laughs> Since he, was, he was packing these.
0: In a way that I think he may have needed surgery for. Oh, God. It is. I wholeheartedly encourage anyone who's listening to go out and Google Shapeshift and Punisher. Sorry.
1: Punisher. Yeah. Shape
0: shifting Punisher.
1: Yeah.
0: And yeah, just, just grab an image of that and find out how deeply intimidating it is.
1: Um, I'm, I'm going to look this up later, but not just right now because I need confidence to get through the podcast and this <laughs> might make me a little bit insecure.
0: It, it would um, shake
1: you, yeah. Do you have. Do I have toys? Do you? I, I do have toys. I have a few toys. Can I see? Uh, yes, I do have a toy. Uh, one I, ca- I found is Big Lou. Have you ever hear Big Lou? No. Who's Big Lou? Big Lou was like a robot. He was three foot tall. He was released in nineteen sixty three, and he was very expensive at nine dollars and ninety nine cents. Okay. Pricey. but basically, as far as I can tell, the the toy makers that designed him had ADHD. Um, because this thing did everything. It uh, it had light up eyes, a voice changer, a Morse code clicker, a rocket launcher in his foot, an arm that shot plastic balls, and darts that shot from his nipples. Wait, what? Yeah. He had, so, picture you
0: had me up until nipples.
1: Yeah, but picture it. So Morse code clicker, voice changer, light up eyes, a rocket launcher in his foot, an arm that shoots plastic balls, and darts that shoot out of his nipples. He's got like that, uh, six cannons on him. Okay, what is he for
0: though? Like where does he's he go? He's just a
1: toy that shoots things.
0: He's not though. He's clearly not just a toy that shoots things because he's also a Morse code clicker, light up eyes. What was the other thing?
1: Uh, Morse code clicker, a voice changer. A voice changer. Actually, do you know what? This is like, you know, the the post-war times. Maybe they were worried and they thought they might need the voice changer and the Morse code clicker for the kids. Oh, no.
0: Again, learning through play.
1: It's not learning. That's indoctrinating. Another toy I found. uh, Well, it's not like another toy, um, but citizenbrick.com. Um, and they, and you can look these guys up. They're great. They built custom adult Lego sets. Um, so one I find is they made a Lego strip club, um, a Mormon missionary set. <laughs> they have a Colonel Sanders ripoff who's called poultry enthusiast, which I love. As a, <laughs> That's as a term.
0: fantastic.
1: And finally, I love this, a litigation preparedness test. Which is just like, it's a litigation prepared. It's a lawyer and a court desk and a briefcase. (laughs) And he's like being prepared to go to the court. It's a great legacy. That's great. Um, uh, We discussed this briefly in the sort of preamble to the podcast, but we did discover both of us Rad repeating Tarzan.
0: (sighs) Rad repeating Tarzan.
1: Yeah, yeah. He he certainly liked to repeat on himself quite a bit. Mm -hmm. Uh, For the listeners, Rad repeating Tarzan had a lever on his back. That would make him yawp his Tarzan jungle cry, you know, the ah, 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 ah that thing. Yep. And uh, but unfortunately, this also made his right arm extend up and down with a closed fist position from his penis to his chin, and so basically, beaten Tarzan would look like he's wanking by going ah, ah, ah <laughs> and that's why they didn't sell that well.
0: I mean, that's what I sound like when I wank. I can't speak for anyone else in the room.
1: I I yeah I can't get into character unless the vines are hanging from the ceiling. Otherwise I just I can't swing and get enough purpose to enter with enough uh, conviction.
0: That's not really a part of it for me, but I am quite invested in a loincloth.
1: I own two. Hmm.
0: So glad I finally found a way to make you admit that on our podcast.
1: <laughs> the other toy I found was Baby's First Baby. <laughs> And Baby's oh. First Baby is a baby doll, much like breastfeeding baby doll, yeah. released in Asia, and it features a toy baby that has a tiny little baby in its tummy. Oh, no. Oh, no. What's odd is that the, the pregnant baby appears to be male. <laughs> what? for all intents and purposes you can look this it's called baby's first baby and I swear on the side of the box it says real pregnancy action
0: <laughs> no it doesn't
1: it does I'm not kidding it can <laughs> you can look it up it's terrifying I was it took me back amazingly
0: <laughs> oh god <laughs> From I the makers that
1: brought you tanky wanky <laughs> we bring you Real pregnancy action, baby's first baby.
0: <laughs> oh,
1: I'm worried they oh. might sponsor us next week. now. we might have to. We might have to oh, see. Oh,
0: we need to move on. That broke me. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well,
0: poor baby.
1: <laughs> I've no more toys. Um, you had okay. you, okay. you have a segment. Do you want to take a breath? You had a segment next.
0: I'm. I'm gonna grab some water after baby's first baby.
1: So <laughs> <laughs>
0: Okay, I'm ready.
1: You had a segment, I think, about yes. cereal toys. Let's
0: move on to cereal box yeah. toys, which are far mm-hmm. less funny. So, what got me thinking about this? Did you do this? Did you collect the Simpsons characters from the cereal box?
1: Uh, no, no, oh. I didn't, because they were on cereals I didn't like, and at that point, I wasn't mad at the Simpsons; I was into Pokemon. Okay. And they had a Pokemon cereal, which was just Lucky Charms, but they put Pokemon in the box and claimed the charms were meant to look like Pokemon.
0: I'm sorry, there was a Pokemon cereal and nobody bought it for me.
1: I, it was only, I'd say I had it about six times, but I remember it quite clearly.
0: I'm horrified to find this out. But My
1: goodness. You know, yeah, it was
0: okay. nice. Um, so yeah, no, I was reminiscing about my long lost Simpsons magnets. And so my sister and I fought a lot over the Simpsons magnets, and she then went on eBay and got a full set, and she has them now in her house in Sydney. And I'm so envious that I'm a bit angry about. It. So I was I was looking them up and whatever, and I did come across Alphabets, a serial that I'm not aware of us having in Ireland. No,
1: it's a US one. I've seen it yeah, over there, I but no. So,
0: so Alphabets. Briefly, came with instead of a toy, they came with little terrariums.
1: That's inside. amazing. It's That's amazing. actually class.
0: The thing is, the the kids of America got really riled up because they were like, the box said I was getting a toy, and what I got was a tiny house plant.
1: I was more thinking the Christians might get annoyed because it demonstrates evolution. <laughs> alphabets where they're like if the secondary education system isn't going to teach them we will
0: (laughs) so yeah i i think that's great i feel like we should bring back cereal box toys but not really just bring back cereal box science experiments
1: i think it'd be great i'd I'd have got that as a kid i i was kind of more thinking that wouldn't it be great if they gave you like practical toys that prepared you for adulthood like you you get it and it's like a book on like how to do taxes um There's a novel by Sally Field. um, A DVD copy of The Big Short to let you know why you can't afford a house now. That'd be great.
0: That would be useful. Yeah. So, I I continued to dig. I went past all the -the glow-in-the-dark spoons and the decoder rings and whatever, and I got to something that just blew my tiny mind, which is, did you know that cereal boxes used to have records...
1: Yes, I did know this because my dad told of me that. Yeah,
0: Yeah, you would cut out these cardboard records and they actually
1: played. They wouldn't last long, but yeah, they did play.
0: No, I wouldn't imagine so, but yeah. So there was quite famously, there was a Jackson 5 single that you had to cut out of the back of a sugar crisp box. And also, I think notably, the Archies and the Monkeys Hold had on, singles one on the back you- of Raisin Bran.
1: Are you telling me, because I'm going to be so mad at, like, humans for this, that the Jackson 5 released ABCs and didn't include it as a record in the back of alphabets?
0: I don't know what single it was, but you can get mad either way, because it was absolutely not on a box of alphabets.
1: That's infuriating.
0: That's odd. I don't think it's ABCs. I think it's just ABC.
1: It is ABC, but you know what I mean, like, for God's sake. (laughs)
0: Okay, I apologise. So, I came across a question that I think most of us have asked ourselves at one time or another. Whatever happened to toys being in cereal boxes? Because they're not there now. I still buy cereal. I enjoy a, I enjoy a Cocoa Pop. And there's no prices. And so I tried to root around that. I was thinking, you know, maybe they went the way of Kinder Eggs with, you know, you can't have plastic choking things, whatever. And the answer is actually so disappointing. I can't believe I'm about to read it
1: to you. Please, please read it to me. So, I crave disappointment. So Kellogg's were British.
0: approached for comment and they said mm-hmm. that their marketing team did, an in, did in-depth research and ultimately decided not to do it anymore. That's it. That's the whole answer.
1: That's what they did. They sent a the lad around to every house and said, does your kid have an iPad? And he went, yeah. And I said, okay, no, never mind. We don't need to give them toys anymore.
0: Honestly, I think that's it because what's on Serial now is QR codes.
1: Ah, in the den of the game or something for the app, yeah. I think so, yeah. Like, that's not a prize. That really fucking sucks. That fucking fucks. It's fucking terrible. It's
0: just bad. Um, So, I think that's all I had to say about Serial boxes, but I think far more relevant. So, this feels like a perfect moment to just segue in. We're... At the time of recording this it's not Christmas but it's finally close enough that we're allowed to talk about it. Yay Christmas and what better time for toys?
1: That Yeah exactly and that actually reminds me Emma Like I, I'm having a pretty difficult time at home and oh. I'm not going to be able to visit my friends for Christmas um, Do you think oh. I can come and spend Christmas with you?
0: Absolutely not but I'm sorry that's happening Oh Yeah so, so, And you know what? In future I don't think you should ask me things like that
1: I un- understood this Thank you So, Christmas toys?
0: (laughs) Um, Yeah. Okay, so, I'd love to tell you about my favourite Christmas toy, but I'll get to it. Mm -hmm. First, I want to tell you about my favourite of my son's Christmas toys. So, Sean, Sean was born in December, so his first Christmas, he had absolutely no fucking notion what was going on, which meant I got to buy him whatever I wanted. Which was great. So I went to the toy shop. I got really, really excited. I'm like eight and a half months pregnant at this point. It's a good time to be alive. I got really excited for the Fisher Price phone. Did you have a Fisher Price phone?
1: I had played with one in friend's house, but no, I never had one as a child.
0: But you know the Fisher-Price phone. I have seen
1: the Fisher-Price phone.
0: Yeah, everybody knows the Fisher-Price phone. But yeah, I got so overexcited to buy him the Fisher-Price phone because I remember me having it when I was like two or maybe three. I think I had like a hand-me-down one from an aunt. They've been going since the 60s. Like, they're just a great iconic toy. And he was too small to understand it at all. But someday he's going to be a teenager and he's going to hear this and want to kill me but my kid is six now and it's the only like toddler toy that he'll still occasionally take out. Like he has access to real screen time and smart devices. He knows about phones, but he'll still every once in a while, just pick up this little rotary phone and just like talk to Santa or whatever it is. Yeah. But I do. Scream. I
1: like talking to you. <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs> so yeah, that was a great Christmas.
1: That's a good one. That's a good one. Mm-hmm. Um, I have like as a like the one Christmas story that sticks in my mind. Well, there's two, and they're kind of both car related. One was like a remote control car, and it wasn't snowing because it snows only like five every five years in Ireland. So I got to literally finish Christmas breakfast, take a remote control car, and just drive it like probably for about two hours outside That's my area. Great. I was just god. It was like taking my pet remote control car for a walk. It was wonderful. <laughs> And then I got back and ate Christmas dinner and went out again. And my dad was like, where were you? And then the battery ran out and I had to walk it home. And I was like, I'm sorry, it doesn't work, guys. It's not as fun for all your mates. And the other one that sticks in my head is uh, a scale electric set, which uh, was amazing. My dad has since informed me that he was incredibly hungover this day. Because it's Christmas. Yeah, he drank all the Baileys we left out for Santa after yeah. santa it explains why santa was so drunk and, and knocked over my goldfish bowl i think
0: was highly inappropriate of your dad and santa must have been parched but go on
1: <laughs> he probably was maybe he left him the water and the salt he meant to take in the morning um, and <gasps> but then he got upstairs and set up the entire sketch and it was huge like it was the size of my bedroom we had to close drawers and clean the room for it to set it up and after we set it up we played with it for about four hours and then on stephen's day we were like oh, we need a place to live. We better disassemble it. And it never got reassembled. That electric <laughs> set is still under my bed. And I'm like, one day I'm going to have a house big enough with a room that I can set up my electric set again.
0: That's the dream.
1: But, you know, a day and a half of joy. That's what's good about it. Do you have any particular... What was your... Sorry, that was your son's Christmas present. What was your, your favorite Yeah, no, one? that
0: was my kids. Okay. Yeah. My best Christmas present I ever got was RoboCop. <clears throat> so... Ooh. Okay, so I feel like I've mentioned this before. I'm very much from like a working class family in a small, small town. Hmm. So the normal thing for our neighborhood is everyone went to the same local toy shop and everyone did the Christmas club where you would pay like your five or 10 or 20 pounds per week or whatever you had. You would pick out toys as you go throughout the year and they would all be put into a cardboard box in the storeroom. And they would, like, have your kids name and address on them. And, you know, it was all... It worked that way. No one went out and did a big shop. Everyone picked up these big cardboard boxes on Christmas Eve.
1: I actually love that. That's fantastic.
0: It's delightful. It's really nice. We did it a couple of years when Sean was little. And there's something pleasant about it. So anyway. So my mom, she picks up the cardboard boxes. There's one for me. There's one for my sister. Everything's going really smoothly. Everything's wrapped. And she puts all the presents underneath the tree. She's thrilled with herself. Christmas morning comes and we're there, we're opening our presents and I've gotten like baby born and I've gotten, you know, my little pony and then I unwrapped a RoboCop doll. (laughs) And my entire family were visibly shocked. And I think my parents were even whispering to each other like, did you buy our 3-year-old daughter a RoboCop? No, did you? What is this? And so immediately they tried to be like, "Oh, you don't you don't want that. That's not for you." And I was like, "Don't touch my doll." <laughs> <laughs> and for the following 4 years of my life, I brought RoboCop everywhere. Like I adored him. I would not leave the house. Robocop came in my backpack the first day of school. We were inseparable. It's delightful. It's lovely. Except years later, I was like, by the way, did we ever figure out where Robocop came from? It turns out my mother had known all along. Robocop was intended for the boy a few doors down. Who had special needs.
1: Oh my
0: Uh, God. (laughs) Yeah. Oh my God. I was three. Leave me alone. (laughs) (laughs) Who his mom and my mom are friends. So we actually found (laughs) out afterwards that he, he didn't fully understand. And he just cried for like three days i feel really bad about it you fucking should i do but you know what i feel a little bit worse about go on the day i came out to my parents as being queer which shock for all our listeners who think i'm super straight by the way Uh, you know the day i came out to my parents as being queer my dad's reaction was fucking duh we remember (laughs) robocop i was like excuse me
1: I love if someone just out of context heard that and was like, oh yeah, we knew you were queer. We saw that movie Robocop and it just made sense for you.
0: (laughs) It's true, though. Bisexual culture is loving Robocop and Polly Pocket. You must obey the law. Sorry, that was the catchphrase (laughs) he used to say if you pushed a button on his chest.
1: Yeah, if only the boy next door knew about that.
0: (laughs) He was several doors down. Don't make it sound worse than it is.
1: (laughs) Oh, yeah. Proximity makes it worse.
0: It It would.
1: Sure, sure.
0: He did get a RoboCop. He just didn't get it until New Year's. (laughs) Happy New Year. Here's your fucking doll.
1: Yeah, now now you slag off the boy with special need whose toy you stole and you're like, Happy fucking New Year's. So unfair. I Um, was three. (laughs) I don't care. I was
0: three. I was trying to figure out what being queer was all about. It was a big time in my life. (laughs)
1: Speaking about learning to be queer from your toys.
0: (laughs) Which we never should, but please go on.
1: (laughs) um, One of the big stories I researched for this was Earring Magic Ken. Have you heard of Earring Magic Ken? No, I don't know what that is. You are in for a a, a real treat. You're going to like this. It's the early 90s and Barbie is at her peak popularity, but her boyfriend is a bit bland. A true dork best known for wearing satin tuxedos. Simply put... Ken isn't cool, and Mattel isn't having it. But before giving Ken the boot, the toy giant decides to survey a gaggle of children on what's cool, hoping to save Barbie's dwindling leading man. The children's answers, likely informed by media, some would later cite Madonna's background dancers, and club culture trends, inspire Ken's new look in what would become an infamous nightmare for Mattel. It's the 1993 version of How do you do, fellow kids? Only a whole lot gayer. (laughs) The doll was called Earring Magic Ken, which is the absolute best name for an accidentally gay doll, <laughs> and he is every '90s queer stereotype in a chiselled hunk of plastic. <laughs> yeah. Now, the, the the article I got that that's the opening paragraph, and I kind of twigged it a bit. But one of the other things that said is that they sent a bunch of like college interns to go and research mm. what was going on in the hip, cool clubs, and they didn't know shit about anything, so they just went out and got drunk in gay bars and copied the fashion. <laughs> Love that. So Eerie Magic Ken rocks a mesh lavender shirt, matching pleather vest. His hair is perfectly coiffed and expertly highlighted with chunky streaks of blonde. Mm -hmm. True to his name, his ear is pierced on the left side, which apparently indicates that he was a bottom, by the way.
0: Yeah. At the time,
1: that's what it meant. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And that's not all to mention. His necklace was almost decidedly modeled after a sexual accessory trend of leathers and club kids alike. After the doll's 1993 release, activist and writer Dan Savage, who at the time was working for queer focused newspaper The Stranger, wrote a piece about the doll's decidedly gay look. In the story, Savage particularly focused on the doll's necklace, a circular chrome pendant hanging from a silver chain. Savage wrote the necklace is what 10 out of 10 people will tell you at a glance is a cock ring.
0: Oh god! (laughs) Ken, no!
1: So this is what they did is they made Magic Earring Barbie and she had tons of charms, like a Barbie charm and a star and a Mm. moon and stuff. And Ken had a blank circle around his neck where Barbie's charms could hang. Oh, But Ken individually was wearing a cock ring. That's what Ken was wearing. Uh, Savage also wrote that Steve Mattel's design team spent a weekend in LA or New York dashing from rave to rave, taking notes and Polaroids. (laughs) Uh, then manager of marketing communications for mattel lisa mckendall released a statement saying we're not in the business of putting cock rings in the hands of little girls oh my god and she had to say that at a press conference this keeps getting worse it's amazing though i love it um mckendall told the stranger it's a necklace it holds charms he can share with barbie come on it's, it's written as if it's in that tone come on this is a goal to sign for little girls something like that would be entirely inappropriate <laughs> so who knows if the if the children brought in by mattel thought this trend accessory or was just clueless market researcher like they don't really know it only mattered that ken was wearing a super sexual necklace a mesh lavender shirt and had his left ear pierced new ken as he was termed was officially gay ken love it
0: love gay ken want more gay ken
1: well i'm gonna give you some more gay ken just you wait while clueless moms picked up earring magic ken for their kids queer men flocked to toy stores scooping up the doll accidentally modelled on their image but Savage's article is what many unofficial earring magic historians consider the last straw for Mattel with their toy brand discontinuing this particular ken doll soon after publication Mattel even went so far as to recall the doll from shelves he was that gay
0: (laughs) That happened to me briefly in the early 2000s.
1: They took you off the shelves?
0: I was too gay for school. I had to just be confined to my bedroom.
1: <laughs> you were having an influence on other children who were discovering themselves. That was a real problem with you.
0: Not going to lie, I did actually once get in trouble for being in a same-sex relationship at a single-sex school.
1: I'm not surprised in the slightest.
0: Yeah, it was a wild time to be alive. <laughs> I feel like I feel like gay Ken might actually... Hold some truths for me here.
1: Well, I'll, I'll carry on and I hope these truths speak. I, I hope we hold these truths to be self-evident to you, Emma.
0: <laughs> that was last week.
1: Oh, that was last week. Sorry, we were in America last week. Sorry. Uh-huh. <laughs> in total, Earring Magic Ken was only available for six months in 1993. So I was, what, two and a half? You'd have been, what, one?
0: I was one, yeah.
1: One, thereabouts. But it is still reportedly remains the best-selling Ken doll of all time
0: really oh i'm quite
1: proud of him now oh hold on some even suspect the doll may be the best-selling barbie of all time though <gasps> so that title is publicly held by 1992's totally hair barbie
0: totally hair barbie
1: yeah that was the one where she had big long i looked it up after reading this i didn't know this off the cuff at all definitely not she had like a big huge bit of hair and it could be styled it was like a new type of hair they used, so it could be styled uh-huh. and cut and yeah tons of stuff oh Oh, good um, for her. Mattel for what it's worth won't really discuss Earring Magic Ken. He's not even in the brand's archive of historically significant dolls despite his bestseller status.
0: That's actually awful.
1: <coughs> it is, but at the time remember like 1993 is the burst of queer culture. Like you're just oh, yeah. starting to sort of recover from the AIDS crisis. Mm. And this is when it's starting to come back. So Eerie Magic Ken kind of came at a fantastic time. Sorry, when
0: you say you are just starting, are you like referring to us all together or is it a general you?
1: I'm kind of just talking about the world. The world is recovering from their attitude to gays because of the AIDS crisis. And then something like this happened and there's like publicity and it's like, oh, wow. Mm. Um, But pulling Eerie Magic Ken from shelves wasn't Ken's last brush with queerness. And honestly, I would pay to watch a film called Last Brush with Queerness. You can. Oh, is it a bad one or a good? is it one of the the naughty ones?
0: I assume so. Oh no, I I, I
1: want a dramedy. Hmm. Um, When Barbie and Ken broke up in 2004, I didn't know they broke up. They had a public breakup, apparently.
0: Oh yeah, Yeah, I knew about this. Okay. (laughs) Yeah, it was big news. It was on all the magazines.
1: Oh wow, okay. Yeah. Many fans joked that Barbie's former boyfriend had come out of the closet. The Ken doll featured in the Toy Story movies is outrageously queer coded, though he's supposedly head over heels with Barbie. Even before Magic Earring Ken, gay jokes surrounded fashion loving Ken for his satin suits and affiliation with the hyper feminine world of Barbie. It's kind of fair, actually. Ken might have been gay all along.
0: OK, first of all, mm-hmm. there is without a doubt a ton of evidence to support the fact yeah, I'm going with fact. The fact that Ken is one of us. Ken is clearly bisexual.
1: He could very well be. Yeah, but at, he I think it, at is. this time it was he came out kind of as an icon to specifically gay men.
0: And I, I respect that, and that's great. But you can't change my mind. Ken is bi as
1: fuck. I'm gay for that. That's that's, that's good by Ken. Yeah. Um. So. Unlike the jokes about Ken's sexuality that had happened before in the 80s and 90s, mm. Earring Magic Ken was the first time that queer people weren't the butt of the gay Ken joke. They were writing the material. Yeah. Like, they were handed this thing and they were like, oh my god, it's so us. And that's, like, way better than them just going, huh, Ken's gay. and Because, yeah, it does. Yeah, it just changes sure. the yeah. narrative, totally. Yeah, completely. So when Earring Magic Ken was released, virtually no brand was interested in aligning itself with the queer experience or invested in uplifting the LGBTQIA+. Did I miss anything out? I don't think so. Community. Pride Month certainly didn't include brands decorating products and rainbows to prove how progressively wear. It was directly after the height of the AIDS crisis in the United States, and stigma around queer sexuality was rampant. In fact, in that year, 44% of the nation believed gay relationships, not marriage, simply dating someone of the opposite gender, should be illegal. Fucking hell. To contextualize this, yeah. So in 1993, Mattel, or any other brand for that matter, would not have knowingly released this product for queer people because it would alienate the brand's core consumer, conservative married moms in middle America who are buying Barbie for their children. Um, Earring Magic Ken likely struck a chord with gay men and queer people because it was representative when no one wanted to represent them. The general public was full of disdain for queerness, yet couldn't help but hail their aesthetic as the epitome of cool. And sure it was just plain hilarious that straight people didn't understand their culture at all, mistaking a chrome cock ring for a trendy kid friendly pendant. <laughs> <laughs> and and it's still giggle-worthy to this day.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
1: Yeah. Mattel wanted Ken to be cool enough for Barbie, but instead made him too cool and gay.
0: I just love that. I love that the man who's worthy of Barbie, because bear in mind, like I don't have it to hand, but somewhere on the internet there's a list of the professions that Barbie has held.
1: Yeah, she's she's a jack of all trades, master. Barbie of of is
0: a high flying bitch. <laughs> like yeah. she is. Yeah. Get get out with all your supposed icons. Like put Beyonce in the bin. It's Barbie.
1: This is why I kind of like Ken too, though, is because Barbie's high-flying and Ken doesn't seem to have a job. He probably just looks, <laughs> he after, he just looks after the house. He cooks the dinner and makes no, sure he's he nice and he just chills pretty. at
0: home and smokes weed and fucks guys. <laughs> <laughs> That's what he does. That's certainly how I've always pictured him.
1: There's a couple of little final paragraphs of my research here. I'll go through them before we, before we get too bogged down in the gay jokes. Almost three decades later, Mattel has evolved its brand to appeal to a growingly progressive consumer and a more queer-friendly world. The ToyJet now sells Creatable World dolls, which allow for gender exploration, and Ken dolls that, let's loves. face it, are gayer than Magic Earring Ken ever was. But even with more acceptance from brands and con- consumers since 1993, there's still progress to be made. A November 29 study of 700 shoppers found only 5% would actually consider buying a Creatable World doll. So that would be the, the mixed-gender trans ones. Mm. Um, as the queer community works towards more acceptance and inclusion year after year... It's important to remember those who came before us, like Stonewall activists like Marshall P. Johnson, Sylvia Rivera, politician Harvey Milk, and mm-hmm. and uh, writers like Audrey Lord and James Baldwin. And yes, that even includes a lavender mesh shirt wearing Kendall, cockering necklace, and all.
0: That's that's delightful.
1: It's kind Quant of a you. lovely story, and
0: it. You know, I do. I find it heartwarming, and you know, it is. It's worth mentioning that there is, there's still a, a crazy amount. It's very, very difficult to, I think, specifically be non-binary at the moment. A lot mm. of people just don't get it.
1: Yeah. I'm still getting to grips with it, and I've known you for, what, 12 months now? I'm still getting to grips with all the Sorry terms like and concepts and stuff.
0: Yeah, there's, there's a lot to it, and it's exhausting. And, you know, yeah. the fact that these toys exist and that there is more representation. And even like outside of queerness, I was actually, I was shopping for Barbies maybe six, seven months ago, I'm going to say. It was during big lockdown, I think. Yeah. I was in Tesco, there was a kid in my family was having a birthday, I was looking for a Barbie. Um, and I actually think it's gorgeous. There's, there's wheelchair Barbie and there's all sorts of races of Barbie and there's all these Barbies that just did not exist when I was barbie age i that's, guess and yeah they're all fucking high-flying bitches Damn they're all doctors and lawyers and litigation preparedness experts <laughs> and you know i was
1: gonna say like i mean i'm not queer at least if i am i'm not sure yes i haven't i was gonna you
0: know, say that you know of, i'm but still not sure
1: there. yeah that's the truth of it you Good know, catch. yeah I, i'm still not sure i, I probably never you ever know really sure. know i no. keep being
0: worried that i'll wake up straight. <laughs>
1: yeah i have a back problem that, that kind of does me the same way actually um mm. but i was going to say that like i've not really been a member of a marginalized community but like looking at the way things are now and how subtle how subtle these levels of abuse have gotten like especially with the internet and stuff like looking at something like magic Year in ken and seeing where you've come from like that's got to be in some way heartwarming or endearing or at least encouraging. For sure. yeah
0: absolutely yeah
1: and uh before we go too down the the high road i believe you have a yeah, game to play
0: absolutely i mean you know me i could do gender and sexuality all day and all night
1: that's a three but part let's... podcast in the future
0: oh i hope so <laughs> so as you may recall last week i forced you to guess whether whether a handful of names were actual american baseball players or ones that a Japanese game developer had just made up. In a similar vein, this week I'm going to ask you to guess whether the following names are Actual Cabbage Patch Kids who were adopted during the 80s and 90s and came with little birth certificates. Okay. Or Porn Stars.
1: <laughs> I I am here for this.
0: Okay, you let's ready? Let's go, yes. Roll up your fucking sleeves, let's do this. Yeah, baby. go for right it. Right off the bat, we have Adele Rose. Porn star. Cabbage Patch Kid. Damn it! I know. Okay. I'm going to pick an easier one. Zara Crystal.
1: That's probably a porn star.
0: It's a Cabbage Patch Kid. (laughs) What is wrong with Cabbage Patch Kids, right?
1: I, to be honest i've never held one or looked at one so i have no idea what they are i'm kind of just going like would i name something zara crystal the hand to my child and then i'm like oh yeah brat dolls exist so probably
0: oh Bratz dolls okay <laughs> yeah um jenny talia
1: that's gotta be a porn star i can't be over three
0: that is a porn star well done
1: it's going to be really embarrassing it's very telling yeah. that you
0: keep saying porn star
1: cuz I, I don't know a lot of porn stars names. I think I could name 3 off the top of my head and one of them's Ron Jeremy.
0: <laughs> I love that one of them is Ron Jeremy. Yeah, I don't know um, them. Dusty David.
1: Oh, that's mm mm-hmm. Mhm. My god, is saying it sounds too like a cabbage patch kid so it's probably a porn star.
0: Are you locking in with Pornstar?
1: His mum said disappointedly. Um, (laughs) No, I'm going to lock in with Cabbage Patch Kid. You are correct. Way.
0: Great job. Uh, Wayne Bryce.
1: Bryce. Pornstar.
0: Cabbage Patch Kid. Fuck. I know, this is so (laughs) difficult.
1: I won't be picking this category on Jeopardy anytime soon anyway.
0: Good, because it hasn't been on TV
1: in a long time. I don't know. I don't watch, never mind. Carry Maybe on. it
0: has. I don't know. Okay. <laughs> Elsa K. Porn star. Gotta be. Cabbage Patch Kid. You are kidding me. I wish I were. Elsa Jean.
1: I'm going porn star again.
0: And you are correct.
1: <laughs>
0: uh, Sa- Sarah J. Oh,
1: I think I, that is a porn star. I think I know that.
0: Oh, I've I recognize her. Yes, no, you're right. Sarah J is a porn star. Okay. And I don't know whether to be proud or disgusted. I'm
1: just sure I've seen that name at one point in my life. Here's one
0: that I found challenging.
1: They've all been challenging just, just for me, just to be totally honest.
0: Charmaine Rosabella.
1: Cabbage Patch Kid.
0: Absolutely. <laughs> Charmaine Rosabella. Arguably the best Cabbage Patch Kid, it's just such for her name. A,
1: it's such a porn star name, too, it's hideously
0: a porn star name. Where do you think I got the idea for this segment? <laughs> okay. Um, Myra Hope.
1: You can't be a porn star's name who sir You can't be a porn star whose surname is Hope. That's not fair.
0: <laughs> oh, don't, don't make me sad. Also, I think you can't be a porn star whose first name is Myra. Because it I, makes me think of Myra Hindley, which is not okay.
1: It's oh. a hint. Cabbage patch. It's a cabbage patch.
0: It is a cabbage yeah. patch. Good for Yay. you. Woo. You've been listening. Right, do you want
1: one more? Go on, give me one more. Am I Where am I at now? How many have I got?
0: Um. Oh, you're actually doing really well. You've gotten six right and four wrong. Really? <laughs> yeah, okay. I'm as surprised as you
1: are. Yeah, okay. Give me the last one, though. Let's see if we okay. can pick it up. last one.
0: The last one is Tammy Salami.
1: That's the hardest one, yes. Mm. And hopefully she hasn't said that too often. Um, Or maybe she has. Has or, she? Ooh,
0: ooh.
1: It's a cabbage patch doll.
0: It's a porn star. Damn it. Sorry, she's a porn star. They're it's, a porn star? Let's it's, not it a she, porn star. Fair,
1: fair. Damn it, Tammy Salami. I really thought that was a trick. That felt like too much of an obvious one.
0: I know. I'm sorry. That doesn't
1: sound like one of the porn stars who's doing well, though. That sounds like the one who's still doing DVDs.
0: Honestly, that's what I thought when I quickly Googled weird porn star (laughs) names. Actually, I think I typed in stupid porn star (laughs) names. (laughs) And to be fair, the internet did not disappoint.
1: It didn't. And we're actually coming quite close to the end now. And I think you had a few final words about this.
0: Yeah, so I have two really quick thoughts that I want to share before I go. One of which is Santa should bring books. Just Santa should bring books. Books are not a big enough part of our children's playtime. And I feel like we just really, really need to go hard on encouraging literacy at home and on making books a treat and a gift and something exciting and not something you have to do.
1: Yeah, 100%.
0: The other thought that I wanted to share before I leave is G.I. Joe's full name is Government Issue Joe. And that's just a bad, bad name for a person and a toy. Do you want to monologue us out?
1: (laughs) I'm going to monologue it in a second. I had one last thing, which is that Christmas coming up. Ah. Uh, there's loads of Irish businesses and small businesses you can support. It's not that hard not to buy off Amazon. In fact, if you look and find something on Amazon and then search for it elsewhere, mm-hmm. you can get it cheaper. Don't give Bezos any money. He's only going to spend it trying to get his space penis into space, which it won't get into. Um,
0: also polishing his head.
1: Or also polish. polishing. Oh. Yes. Yeah. I'm going to monologue us out now. That's what I'm going to do. <laughs>
0: Play us out keyboard cat.
1: So toys are tools as children in exploring our imaginations and inner psyches as children. We often assign qualities and identities to every object we find the happy cheese, the sad cat and the angry rattlesnake we found in mommy's sock drawer. (laughs) I'm at an age now where I've started to forget my childhood entirely, probably because it was relatively happy because incidents like losing my swimming trunks in front of the water park, getting beaten up for buying the wrong set of Yu-Gi-Oh cards, and the Bolognese of Instant of 1996 are all too clear in my mind. There was a moment, when I was four and a half years old, when my mother grabbed me by the wrist and told me that if I didn't stop misbehaving, the man would come and get me. Exactly 30 seconds later, a gentleman emerged from a nearby bathroom. I knew that he was a gentleman, because it was written on the door that he came through. (laughs) The gentleman waved his hand and silenced my mother, before extending his hand and beckoning me closer. As I moved closer to him I started to hear a faint ticking sound. It was as if each step closer to this man made me age dramatically. I felt my hairline grow thinner, my belly grow larger, and my penis remained roughly the same size. <laughs> the man continued to beckon, and as I arrived at where he was standing, we were exactly the same height and width. I reached forward, he grabbed me and pulled me in close to him, his hand holding my now adult back and he cleared his throat. He then quickly pressed his lips to mine and whispered the words that had been haunting me for nine weeks now. See how you like it, you cunt. (laughs) The man spun me round so that I was standing where he was, and I watched this man gradually age in reverse until he was standing where I had been. The terrifying figure of obesity and sadness suddenly became a smiling and happy child. He pointed at me and laughed before running into my mother's arms for an embrace. I was forced to flee the scene after my father told me to leave his child alone. I ran into the street, a 30-year-old, overweight man with the experience and consciousness of a four-year-old boy. Homeless and hopeless, with no food, money or resources, I did the only thing I could do. I ran as a chocked dollar for the constituency of Dublin Bay North. After winning the hearts and minds with my plain-speaking rhetoric and no-nonsense approach... I began actively pursuing the position of minister for science. (laughs) I've heard that the CERN accelerator has managed to track tachyon particles that don't observe the laws of time in a linear fashion as we do, and there's every chance that my redemption lies there. But, Chase, why this podcast, I hear you ask? Why put this out and tell your story here and now? And I'm going to tell you why. For my fifth birthday, I went to an Italian restaurant with my family and friends. We all had a lovely meal, and I remember it as one of the moments of pure joy from my childhood smiling and laughing with all of my favourite people, while staring over at the pile of birthday presents at the end of the table, excited to tear through the colourful wrapping paper and see what treasures awaited me. It was then that I looked to my left and saw Jessica O'Leary. She was a childhood school friend and, probably, my first love. She reached out her hand and held mine at the table, and I was sure that this was a moment I would never forget. That assuredness was cemented over the course of the following five seconds when a waiter slipped while carrying an eight-gallon vat of bolognese sauce. The container alone would have been enough to drown me, but instead, a tidal wave of tomato and beef mince swept me away from Jessica's
0: house. No! <laughs> Chase, no!
1: Covered in rapidly cooling sauce and lying on the floor, the shock caused my bladder to vacate. But she. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> but instead, a tidal wave of tomato and beef mince swept me away from Jessica's hand. Covered in rapidly cooling sauce and li- lying on the floor, the shock caused my bladder and bowels to vacate. The sheer humiliation alone caused me to cry out in tears. As everyone at the table laughed with complete glee, And my distrust in humanity was born. So I want you to know. I want you to know that this awful man who stole my childhood, he's an incontinent pasta prick, a spaghetti sap, a Bolognese bitch, a fettuccine fuckhead and a ragu wanker. Ah! And don't you ever let him forget it, dear listeners. Let him suffer and marinate in that experience because when I come for him, I want him to suffer, to know who he stole from. Let's see how he likes it, the cunt.
0: What is happening?
1: Thank you for listening and goodbye.
0: Oh my God <laughs> oh, oh, oh Oh, my lungs hurt a little bit.